Welcome to another episode of Everyday El Dorado. I'm your host, Deanna Bond, and I'm here to share my perspective on the fine art of living well every day in El Dorado. El Dorado Main Street held its quarterly downtown assembly on Tuesday, August 8th at Charlie's Appliances. The meeting was initiated by Jeff Christensen, the president of El Dorado Main Street Board, and he began by introducing Tyler Norris, a board member from Branches Pregnancy and Family Resource Center. Norris updated attendees on their building renovations, which is located at 107 North Main in El Dorado. We tore out everything that was there to start to go back to what it was. And then uh, in the spring, we came across a grant opportunity that could potentially allow us to finish both floors of the building. Because at that time we were thinking one floor we would we would use and the second floor would become a phase two, phase three, something in the future. Uh, but we came across the grant opportunity that would allow us to do both floors. Uh, and we pursued that quickly in April and May uh, with some excellent staff members at Branches and Gravity Works bent over backwards for us to put together, put together everything we needed quickly uh, to apply for that grant. And fortunately, we have received the grant verbally. Um, we're still waiting all, on all the paperwork to get that signed and done. Um, stuff with the government runs really, really slowly. And uh, so we're waiting, waiting on all the paperwork to come through for that. And so with the funds from the grant, the monies that we have fundraised for over the years, and there's also a, a private donor, it looks like, that's going to allow us to reach the full uh, 1.7, 1.8 million we need to do both floors of renovation over there on the building. And so hopefully that'll be kicking up again later this year and nine months or so of construction will be, we'll be up and running over there. Um, so part of that grant or the main focus of that grant was to address the childcare deficit in Butler County, which if anybody has kids, they probably ran up against that at one point in time or another here in the county. Um, and so along with the services that we already offer through branches, child care kind of just slid right into there as something that would work great for both our clients and the community. Uh, and so a part of what the renovation will um, consist of are child care rooms. Uh, we'll be able to facilitate up to 24 kids. Uh, we're planning on 18 months and under. Um, the program will scale up. It won't be 24 day one. Uh, we'll start with probably six and then we'll slowly but surely scale up. Um, we'll have one staff member who does oversee the program and then volunteers from there, but uh, we're pretty well versed in volunteers because that's what our whole organization primarily runs on, with the exception of some paid staff members also, but we have a large volunteer staff. Following Norris, Thea Howard Dixon, Executive Director of the Coots Museum of Art, spoke about their museum's ongoing renovation. Howard Dixon presented a video showcasing their design plans. Similarly, we've been fundraising. The museum has been fundraising since at least 2014 for a renovation on the corner of Central and Main. And it's kind of taken some starts and stops with the changes of staff and as things go along. And finally, we got to a place where we were just ready to move on. And we were looking at renovating the entire four-story building of, of the four-story building that was used to be the bank. 
and that's just too cost prohibitive at this point. So what we decided to do is take a phased approach. Our first phase will work with the, that one-story building that's in between the four-story and the current Coots Museum of Art. So this is the current museum building. Uh, you'll see here is the this is the four-story building on the corner, and so this is uh, the 102 building that's currently a one-story brick building, and this is our design. Uh, designed and put, and this video also put together in the books by Gravity Works. Okay. Sorry, there is music, but I didn't mess with that. So this will be the entryway coming in. Uh, just behind that, we'll have a kind of a multi-purpose lecture room slash event room for multiple activities going up the stairs after that. And we will have a huge square art gallery that's going to be uh, for almost, I think, 20 feet tall. Is that right? I think. And we'll be able to hang uh, huge sculptures. And it'll just be a really great place for art. And then on the top floor, uh, we're going to install a rooftop space where we can hold community events as well as hopefully art programming up there as well. And so this is the, the renovations that we're looking at. The part of the problem that we've had to deal with, which actually kind of works out, is you see the stairwell here that works as navigation space to get through the museum. It also has to be the exit, the emergency exit for the four-story building. Uh, so there's been kind of some playing with the levels, but those stairwells also work. The brick will be kept exposed and will help save and protect that side of the building as well. Uh, so here is our booklet. It just kind of goes through some of the things that these spaces are for. As far as timing for this, we uh, have been working. So there's a bottleneck on structural design and so we've kind of had to wait and then working with city events, we will be, we're hoping to start construction on this right after Goldfest, the city of Goldfest. And, yes. When is the date? Um, September 23rd. 23rd right. they've, they've been very kind and are waiting. <laughs> um, we do know, so we're working with the Conco Construction is our project manager basically and they're working on designs and, and possible how they're going to close the streets for some of the dump bins. And so we're going to wait till after Goldfest for that. And then we're looking at maybe a year. I would suspect that might kind of get pushed back as construction goes along as it does on large projects. Is that about right, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Um, for a year. Yeah. Right? Probably a year and a half. Right. <laughs> uh, as far as funding, uh, the in 2014, when the museum started, this, so it's a $3 million project, and we are still trying to keep it at that limit, which is where it started in 2014. Um, so we'll be working with that as the prices change. Um, in 2014, the campaigns, they raised about $750,000. The museum has also pledged $750,000 of their investments to the project. And so we are at one and a half million dollars raised right now. So we're halfway there. 
uh, we'll be fundraising throughout the project, uh, but we do have means in place uh, to continue with the project as necessary. Uh, so we hopefully won't run into a stopping point or a snag once we've started. City engineer Scott Rickard provided an update on several downtown El Dorado infrastructure projects. Well, thank you for having me. It's exciting the Coots is moving and what Nathan and Nicole are doing down there. Branches, it's awesome. So a lot of cool things happening in downtown El Dorado um, with more to come. So the city was fortunate enough to receive about $4 million in grant funding to improve infrastructure. And the majority of that's going to be spent in our downtown area. Um, one of the first projects is going to be to address stormwater concerns. So when it rains, ponding water in the streets, impacting parked vehicles, traffic, all, and all that. So over about the last nine months, we've been working um, through design on that. Um, it, the project has grown significantly from the original concept. There was a study done in about 15 years ago that looked at how do we address some of these drainage concerns downtown. And what you have in downtown is, you know, 100 plus year old infrastructure and the city's built out around it. Well, downtown's kind of our sump, it's our low points. So water tends to head, head in this direction. Um, so we've found a solution and, and that is gonna be tearing up a bunch of central land. From the, about the oil museum on East Central, um, where the old river channel is, there's gonna be a new outlet of a storm sewer pipe. That storm sewer pipe will then run on the north side of Central, all the way to about Star Street. Um, so it's gonna be a large six foot by six foot box. So pretty, pretty massive. Um, excavation depths are gonna to have to be upwards of 15 feet deep. Central. Um, so the road's going to be very, very narrow, one lane of traffic each way. Um, you're going to see concrete barriers like you've seen on the turnpike, uh, so no one actually drives off. But as you can imagine, there's a lot of work that's involved in putting a structure that massive in a corridor of a street like Central and all the other utilities. So we've got gas lines, phone lines. Um, Cox communication, fiber optics, um, our own water lines, our own sewer lines, and try to coordinate the relocation of all those and come up with some plans on that. Um, the whole downtown area was modeled and ran through different storm events. So, say it dropped an inch of rain within 30 minutes. What impact would that do? Show the shading. Where the streets flood, where private property is. You know, typically roads are designed to handle a 10 year storm event. Just fall, way too costly and almost impractical practical to handle every type of storm. So the first effort always is going to be to protect private property and then the traveling public safety. So that's what we really keyed in on. Part of where this project's um, growing a little bit is looking at a storm sewer extension on Gordy Street from Central all the way up Gordy to First Avenue. In downtown, there is 
two large storm sewer pipes. One of them is 48 inch in diameter. It runs down 4th Avenue. One's 36 inch in diameter, and it runs down 2nd Avenue. Um, even though the ground falls in this direction, the water goes downhill underground up. Um, so this project will separate basins, um, reduce the amount of water that's being sent north to handle it along Central Avenue. So with that project will be a new 16-inch uh, water line as well. Yeah. Um, most of the water lines in downtown Alvarado are, are of that 100-plus-year-old age, old cast iron, uh, horsehair and lead packing for the joints. It's a very old <coughs> And, uh, and it's in very good shape. Uh, uh, our water treatment plant produces a very good quality water that you know, keeps the water lines in great shape. Uh, problem is, is our water treatment plant can make more water than we do today. We just can't push it out. It hits bottlenecks, so it hits these smaller diameter pipes, and so I'm able to get out in our distribution system. So this new 16-inch line will get rid of a bunch of old 12-inch, 8-inch, 6-inch cast iron pipe. It's 100 years old. And help remove a bottleneck that's in front of our plant to allow our plant or pumps to run more efficiently, push more water out where it's needed when it's needed. Um, that in turn will help us, hopefully, eventually, we think it's a matter of time, but before some industrial developments happen, our water treatment plant has about a million gallons a day of what they call freeboard, so excess capacity in it to make more water. You just can't get it out of the treatment plant. So that will go to help to address that. As well, with these downtown infrastructure projects, we're looking at um, improvements along First Avenue and Pine Street, Pine Avenue, um, to improve one improved pedestrian crossing. Um, so a lot of you seen, you know, islands or bump outs and intersections to get the pedestrians out there closer to the traffic. Um, so those are gonna be part of this project as well. Um, as long, along with Pine Avenue today currently has diagonal parking on one side of the street. We will see a shift on First Avenue as well to diagonal parking on one side of the street. And these bump outs in the intersection will help pedestrians get out there, be able to see. They also serve, they get out streetway a little bit, they serve as a traffic calming device. And as you're driving, you see these, you tend to slow down. So that's another uh, positive out of this. And the old crosswalk at first and Main will go away. That has been something that's always staff has been a little fearful of it operates so intermittently uh, a lot of people don't understand what it means uh, it's always been a concern of ours someone push a button just walk on out and people the drivers aren't paying attention so that will go away and these bump outs will be cool. uh, anchor kind of the first and pine corridor hopeful you know in the future more can be placed in downtown but that's going to be our first go of it, to get one on the south side and the north side as well. Um, one more thing, in two years, um, this project's getting fast-tracked. You will see the replacement of the East Central Bridge 
or Lamar River. Hmm. So that would be pretty disruptive as well. Uh, the bridge that exists there today is having some issues. So there will be a new bridge built. It will be four lanes in width. Wow. It's going to be constructed to the north, or excuse me, to the south of the existing bridge. So the traffic will be maintained on the old bridge while the new bridge is getting built. Bike path will be extended around as well, similar to what it is today. But, um, and then the railroad will have a new bridge over as well. So. Sequencing-wise, coordination-wise, it's going to be a difficult project. Um, BNSF is overpass bridge is going to have to be built, constructed on site. That that rail will be shut down for 24 hours. That new bridge will be placed in the overpass bridge for the rail, and it needs to be put in service within 24 hours. So it's going to be. An interesting <laughs> 24 hour hours. project. <laughs> Might be on vacation that week. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that will be coming as well. You will all be hearing of a, um, a public meeting. It's, it's going to be scheduled late in August at the Civic Center. The date's kind of up in the air a little bit right now still, but KDOT will be holding that, and they're asking citizens, anyone of interest, to come to that, hear about the project. Um, give them information as well. I mean, th there's things that the city's going to have to consider, like should there be more decorative lighting? I mean, should it just be a standard highway? There's going to be questions like that. Christensen asked Officer John Thompson of the El Dorado Police Department about the initiative to collect contact details from the business community. I will say a couple months ago, the Officer Thompson, you guys had talked about like the community program of getting contact information from the community. Like, have you guys gotten a good response on that? We've gotten quite a few. Uh, we could still use more. I don't know of any from a lot from the downtown that we got. Okay. Uh, There's a reminder you have. We got there. some. Uh, the chamber got it. I have the forms at the police department. If anybody needs them, uh, they can also email me. I can email them out and you can send them back to me because I put it in our database for emergency contacts in case something happens to the business at night when everybody else is sleeping so we know who to get a hold of in case of an emergency because a lot of the places we don't know who to get a hold of. Right. So, and if we don't know who to get a hold of, we don't have any phone numbers, then there's not a lot we can actually do unless we know who owns the building. Right. Right. Sierra Marie Bond, El Dorado Main Street Communications Project Manager, detailed upcoming El Dorado Main Street events. So Sierra's gonna talk about just upcoming events with, with Main Street over the next couple months. Yeah, so hopefully all of you got a flyer um, that Naomi, our intern, graciously made. Um, so this is just a, a highlight over the next five-ish months, August, September, October, November, December, that's five, right? Um, so these are just a handful of things that are coming up on our radar that, radar that we would love for all of you to attend. If you have things that you have going on in your networks, organizations, things you'd like Main Street to promote, feel free to tag us on our social media pages, our Instagram, 
and Facebook is down there at the very bottom of that. Um, note, there are two El Dorado Main Streets on Facebook. I don't know why. We're the cooler one. When our nice logo right there at the top, if it looks like that, that's what we are. We'll reshare it. Um, I guess the highlights are Thankful Thursdays, obviously, will be continuing. The October Thankful Thursday is going to be the chili cook-off. We've got a lot of questions about that. Everyone's super excited for that. Um, if you have any thoughts uh, or feedback about the chili cook-off you attended last year, had some thoughts, suggestions, we did just post a survey. Uh, Greg Mudd with Velocity is spearheading that committee, so he is checking all of those feedbacks. Please graciously provide that feedback. It is anonymous, but please be nice to Greg anyway, um, whatever you decide to say. Um, September, Sample Thursday, we don't really have much going on, but we're really excited for back to school. Uh, we obviously most likely will be hosting the homecoming parade in the downtown district, so make sure you come out for that. Uh, October, like I said, is the chili cook-off and then trick-or-treat down Main Street. Uh, November is an interesting month for us. We'll actually be hosting two thankful Thursdays within that month, only because Old Fashioned Christmas happens the very first weekend in December, and the Thursday preceding that happens to be the end of November. So um, we've got some really fun things planned for Old Fashioned Christmas, including our holiday house tours, which is one of our big fundraisers for Eldorado Main Street. If you have a lovely home, please contact Emily to get it on the list for houses to be toured. Uh, if you just want to look at pretty homes, please contact Emily to buy tickets. Um, I say contact Emily because on a personal note, um, my one-year contract with El Dorado Main Street is unfortunately ending at the end of this month. I would like to recognize uh, Sierra and thank her for her year of service. She's come to us through WSU through a program called VISTA. And... Uh, we were able to work with WSU and um, while Sierra's working on her master's and, and moving along in her own career, she was able to help us uh, communicate better, as you have seen, to the community about what's going on downtown and Main Street in particular. So thank you very much. You've set a very high bar for us to follow you, but we're working on it. Wish us luck. <laughs> yes, if you know of anyone who'd like my job. Send them our way. <laughs> We're hired. wrapped up the meeting underscoring the significance of the Thankful Thursday events in downtown El Dorado. If you haven't been down for Thankful Thursday, it's a really cool event that we do down here. Like all the retailers get behind it. They have specials going on. Um, I don't have specials, so I can't offer things on sale through what I do, but I'm always feeding people. So if you're looking for something to eat, like Charlie's good. comes down all the time. We come down and rob Charlie's from their food. Like... There, it's more than just like walk around downtown. People have specials going on. Robin's usually does something cool. Charlie's does something cool. Like there's fun things happening at the vendors downtown. Like there's all kinds of stuff that you can have that you can see and do while on those nights. So it's kind of a cool event. So come down, grab a bite, enjoy the retail. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. So that's it for me here on Everyday El Dorado, but keep an eye out and an ear open for your source of information on the fine art of living well every day in El Dorado. Have a great day. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Oh, El Dorado? Oh my goodness. Isn't that clever? Are we going to have a radio station? Yeah, we already have one. Yeah, but I'm awake.